This is the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore. With me is Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, uh, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. Uh, you can find me at Brad Livingston underscore. Same place, Twitter and Instagram. We're so excited. Today is a special day. Yeah. We have the man, the myth, the legend, uh, my good friend, my good friend's here, <laughs> Albathay, Reverend Doctor Doctor Albathay, PhD. That's right. That's uh, right. Al, welcome. Thank you, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, Al is the as the senior pastor of Flomaton Pentecostal Holiness Church, about thirty miles north of here in Flomaton, Alabama. He's also we also have with us. He's not on the mic, but he's here. Is uh, Steve Massengill, his youth pastor, associate pastor. Some kind of pastor. Jack of all trades. All, all the trade. above. All the above. So yes. uh, it's great to have them here with us. Um, me and Al go me and Al go way back, and he was in town today, so I said, come by, get Man. on the mic with us. Let's Absolutely. talk about as we as we talk about this this uh, yesterday's message or Sunday's message. Um so yeah, here we are. Welcome. Yeah, because we know Al has never been offended. <laughs> or, <laughs> so we, we, we figure we glean some wisdom today. Not only has he never been offended. He's never been offensive. He's never offended anyone else. Of course. That's what I've heard. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. I was trying to think of something really bright to say, but I didn't really want to offend you, so yeah. I just left it alone. No offense, but. However. With all due respect. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's good to be back, guys, and we, we are so excited. Coming off a great Sunday, and I was, I was really pleased with Sunday, especially because the two Sundays before that were a little heavy. You know, we were, um, in a good way, I mean, we really wanted to talk about it um you know in reference to uh unity in the body in reference to race class um you know so we we you know al we we talked a little bit about um unity and and really dealing with you know different aspects of race class generational differences and and bringing unity to the body and so it was two weeks that were a little heavy heavier than we usually are on a sunday we don't usually preach that heavy that hard it's not as weighty um, but in that particular case, uh, we, we really kind of dove in and they were awesome Sundays. They were, it was funny because they were so heavy. The, we had to, he had to preach it in two parts, but the first week we were like, we hope everybody comes we, back. Next we week. hope we have a church next week. <laughs> we might the, be, so we can get the explanation. We might out. be going to yeah. Al to fill out applications. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Um, but man, it was so, it was so good. Um, great response from it. Uh, I love it. I loved it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. So this past week. Getting back to what I would say, we it's more more like us, the more regular us, and um, uh, in, encouragement through the word, encouragement, but definitely kind of hitting people uh, a bit more where they are. So it was awesome. It was a good Sunday. So um, yeah, yeah. So the title of the of the series, of course, is Real Talk, and this was part five. And uh, the, the the title of this sermon was the Trap Game. And uh, that's kind of got some the trap. Uh, game. The, yeah, you know, people think I know Al. You're a little old. You're a little older. No offense taken. <laughs> no right? offense. You're a little old. Steve, you real old. <laughs> um, you know, usually it's just millennials in this on this podcast, except Pastor Dan, you know, but yeah. um, he transcends all things. But you uh, needed a little gray in here today. We did. So. We did. And you got plenty of it. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just no. dipped my beard in milk. That's all. <laughs> in what? In milk? Yes. Oh, that's weird. That's uh, how you eat cereal, No bro. offense. You got to <laughs> I mean, I know you, you can't grow bowl. one, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was good. I like that. And I oh. just got an email on my phone from The Beard Struggle. What a coincidence. Nice. Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's a company. It'll help you grow a beard. <laughs> the Beard Struggle? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Look, it's right here. It's black. Oh, what do on. they? What do they do? 
You'll have to it's change a, your Twitter handle to the struggle is real. The struggle is real. No offense. No, no offense. It's a it's a beard company that sells like beard products. products. Yeah. Like oh. Yeah. I didn't know that struggle. existed. Yeah. Man, there's a market for everything. Don't you love that? Like, don't you love capitalism for that reason? Absolutely. I do love capitalism. There's a market for everything. <laughs> I wish I were more capitalistic, but hey, you know. Right, right, right. Are you a socialist? Come on. Socialist? Yeah. Socialist. Really? You look like you could be a commie. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, real talk. The emails yeah. are rolling in yeah, real right talk. now. Yeah. You can email albathay at whocares.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, back to the back to the topic here. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about the trap game. Um, Brad, talk a little bit about the the purpose of the title, what, what you're aiming for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I played sports growing up, played a lot of sports growing up, man. Um, you know, in one of the ways, I think it was how I wanted to be like my dad growing up. So for those those that don't know, Pastor Dan was a ridiculous baseball player, like phenomenal. That ain't hard to do, though, is it? Well, it <laughs> yeah. depends on if you ask am baseball I players. Am I dissing baseball yeah, players right, right now? Yeah. In no offense. The, yeah. <laughs> you can find him at Justin Oswald <laughs> underscore on Twitter. Um, now, Pastor Dan was a phenomenal baseball player, and his brother was a phenomenal baseball player. So Pastor was a catcher. Um, his brother Dave, uh, who has since been has now gone home to be the Lord, but uh, he was he was a pitcher, and so they duoed from literally from like six years old playing baseball, nice pitcher catcher all the way through high school. Um, they were just phenomenal, um, and so you know, growing up, I always heard these stories about baseball and all this stuff, and I and I uh, so sports was just in my blood, man. I love it. Basketball was my sport. I, I ADHD baseball like i'm the guy with the with the glove on the head wandering around the outfield you know there's not enough going on at one time for yeah. me i played in the chalk line and <laughs> and dropped my glove in the in the porta potty when and that I was just ball. yesterday <laughs> yeah that, was, so, that wasn't even yeah that wasn't literally no i for real dropped my glove in the porta potty i for real believe you yeah I and i am not people. shocked at all no, no offense yeah no, no yeah i left it there i didn't get it out <laughs> yeah so. i left it at home dad i was done after that no so uh so we we use it was a sports analogy um i know when we were growing up we would go into um you know, there's certain teams that you know you should just roll right over. You know, you should. Like, it's almost like we can skip practice this week and go eat wings because right we don't need to practice to play this team, right? Uh, inevitably, that's the team that you end up losing to. I mean, it's just kind of uh, when you don't prepare, when you come in with the wrong mentality, you end up losing the easy games. Um, and so what we were equating it to on Sunday morning is that oftentimes in our lives, we will build up ourselves to overcome our pornography addictions, alcoholism, drug abuse, uh, you know, physical problem, emotional problems, old bitterness from 20 years ago. We work really hard to overcome all of that, but we don't work hard and prepare our minds for the stumbling block of today, which is that's going to get us, which is these small offenses that's that right. tend to come at us every day. So we approach these things like they're not that significant. Lo and behold, they become the things that trip us up constantly. Right on. Right on. Um, and so that was kind of the the approach to uh, the trap game, um, which is what is what those games are called. The games that you approach um, and you don't really take that serious, or those are trap games because you end up oftentimes getting trapped into a loss. Absolutely. So let's move into the um, the the the. Well, let's start with the scripture for the kind of the of the series. Yeah, Deuteronomy thirty uh, nineteen, uh, and it says, "This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you uh, death, uh, life and death." blessings and curses um and he says now choose a life and choose life which is uh, i think ultimately and and it's not just eternal life that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about choosing life 
in our actions, in our walk, in our communication, and how we handle ourselves in regards to offenses uh, and everything else. So like you have an opportunity today when you encounter offenses, when you encounter people that you don't particularly care to talk to, which Al doesn't have any of those friends, but I have some of those people that come around me constantly um, where they are constantly offensive. Like and and they they think that they're saying things in a loving way, but they're not. They're offensive. One of those things where they say and then they're like, "Bless your heart." Yeah, you know. I really love you, but I just need to say this. You know what I mean? Or it's <laughs> oh, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, perfect." I'm going to use that yeah. today. So I always like it when uh, you give them that back. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, "Oh, I can't, I can't believe. believe." Yeah, you. it's like, "Oh well, you should believe it." Yeah. But, <laughs> but we're gonna have those people, man. Like you know, and that was what we talked about Sunday. Is is those people, especially. You know, if some of them, it's our family members. For some of us, it's coworkers. Well, guess what? You ain't getting away from that. You're coming back to that cubicle tomorrow, you know? So um, it's not a matter. You can't just run away from these problems. They're going to be there when you get there. So you're going to have to learn how to um, not fall prey to the trap game. So in, in that, um, the Lord is saying he's putting before us life and death. Choose life. You know, in this particular context, not so much an eternal um in eternal context he's talking about really a temporal context in this particular uh way that we're looking at scripture yeah so let's read this john bevere quote john bevere our response to offense determines our future come on man john bevere is dropping bombs like was that from the bait of satan at all times uh yes yeah that's a great book i thought it was yep it sure was yeah so um he the the bait of satan it's a phenomenal book by John Bevere. I encourage anyone, if, if you deal with this, uh, man, check that book out. It's a good one. Um, matter of fact, I just finished Bait of Satan again, and now I'm doing Killing Kryptonite by uh, John Bevere, which is fantastic. Right on. That's awesome. So Yeah, he's got uh, another good one, um, Undercover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Undercover. Love good. that book. Undercover's it's an older good. one, older, but it's yeah. powerful. Yeah. yeah. So John Bevere is constantly... Uh, constantly just dropping like healthy bombs on people it's it's such good stuff so all right so we're going to move into the 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 four points of the message of the first message when talking about the trap game is the first point is prepare for the game we got to prepare there it is. Can we have I'm an interpretation of the Lord? <laughs> speaking in tongues. It's a full uh, gospel <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <ladies and gentlemen. laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, Al's waving a hanky. Um, <laughs> and Steve, put the banners down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now prepare for the game. <laughs> prepare for the game. Yeah, and so um, I think this kind of this was a segue point, you know. So we were already talking about the game, and we we're already talking about the fact that we can't get away from people who are going to offend us and kind of get on our nerves a little bit, and just all of those things. And and um, and some people just have a, a outright abrasive personality. So we're gonna have to prepare for this game. And as we prepare for the game, um, there's some things that we need to do as we are preparing for uh, the game. So we did four game time preparation points um, going in. So the first one is that, uh, you know, you need to join the right team. You need, like, joining the right team. Yeah. Which I think is huge, you know. And, and even this, like, I think this is a killer, this is a great moment right here. Um, even talking about Al, you know, Al, you're, you're about 35, 45 minutes from us yes. now, I guess, you know. Um, but even then, you know, I know you and Justin – We've we've known each other a little while, but not nearly as close. You and Justin are, are really good friends. Right. Having Justin having you uh, in his life as someone to, to just be on his team um, is a huge thing. I mean, we all need those people. Yeah. Um. Like so, I, I, joining the team, but we all have those 
people, I'm sure. Oh, of course. Or we should. Yeah, we have yeah. to. You know, something stood out to me that you said in your, your message as I listened to it last night um, regarding this. And, and I, it, this is what it made me think about. I don't know if you actually sure. said it, but it, you know, spawned some thought is, you know, when you have people, the right people on your team, they're not going to tell you everything you want to hear. Right. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. Right. Um, and they're going to be honest and real with you, even if you don't always agree. Sure. And I think that is what makes us better, too. And that prepares us to be better, because when the person you're closest to talks against something that you're doing or maybe doesn't they support you, but you're maybe not your idea. It makes you pause and think maybe that helps us be better prepared for the people we're around that aren't on our team, as you talked about folks in the cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's so true, because at the end of the day. I mean, none of it, you know, obviously none of us glean perfection, you know, in our, in our everyday lives. Um, and so that, that's huge. I mean, I want people in my life that call me out on, on my flaws just as much as they encourage, encourage me, uh, on the things that I do well, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, Hey man, you need to, and we, we call them blind spots. You know, we, you gotta have someone in your life that'll call out your blind spots. Like, uh-huh. Hey, I don't even know if you see this, but you really need to take care of that. And those blind spots are huge. You know, I know a lot about myself, you know, but there are two things I don't like to do. Number one, admit when I'm wrong. And number two, admit when I'm weak. Um, And both of those things, when you're wrong or when you're weak is when you are obviously you're showing exhaustion. And when you're exhausted, you make mistakes, you know, you become offensive, just all of those things, you know, Um, or easily offended. You know, whenever we're exhausted, uh, we tend to make terrible decisions. So. Um, yeah, I think that's that's huge. Having someone in your life that can that can kind of call you out right on your on. nonsense is is it, you know? Um, so joining the team and being part of the right team, because you know we don't ha- we don't need we don't need help finding crazy people in our life. Like Shoot, they t- I don't. They tend to I just kind of show up. <laughs> I'm like a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Like a magnet for it, bro. Yeah, so it, we don't need help with that. Those, nah. those people show up. They're coming whether we like it or not. So we need to intentionally put people around us that are going to be on our team, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Intentionality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. I even think part of it's self-awareness. Bro, like, now you're talking. Like, I think, self-awareness is key. I think, you know, for like for myself, you know, um, I, I tend to be a happy guy. Like, I like to laugh. We're going to joke. We're going to have a good time. You know, my marriage looks like that. My house looks like that. Um, by default, I, I think our church looks like that. Um, <clears throat> so I know that about myself, but everyone's not that way. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to be the happy person all the time, but if you know, you're the person that's constantly kind of gloomy, you need to be surrounding yourself with happy people. Like you, you need to be self-aware of where you don't have it. So you can surround yourself with some people that do have it. Inevitably for me, that means surrounding myself with some people that know when to take moments serious, right. because I'm that dude that'll say the wrong thing at the wrong time just to make light of something. So I surround myself with some of the guys that have a little, some more wisdom than me that are like, Hey, this ain't the time. Like, you know, growing up, my dad would do that a lot. Like, Hey, hey you know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I, yeah. I know you're thinking of three jokes right now, but this I ain't make the a time. joke out of everything. Right. I, yeah. Inevitably. Um, and it's sometimes it's, <laughs> <laughs> not not a, yeah, yeah way wrong time in other words so uh, you know so, having being self-aware yeah and let me interrupt and say it's what's real important i think with your close team is uh like like you know so me and me and brad we spend a lot of time together naturally uh we've gotten to a place where i don't necessarily have to say the joke that i want to say i just can give a look and we are we know the joke other persons you know not even aware y'all probably the same way you know um 
Because, man, people, man, I don't know about at, at Fulmerton how, you know, church people are, but church people can say some stuff sometimes that make you think, and I, I just want to give this, I just get this look. The side know? head. The, the side sideways head. head like, I give the hmm. office or, like, the office look where they just look at the camera. The, that's the not the there. The, yeah, nice. You know, the, you know. Um, they just look at me like I have lobsters crawling out of my ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So we join, you know, we we want to make sure we're on the right team. The people that are going to build us up, the people that are going to correct us, the people are going to bring wisdom into our lives. I think that's just huge. And then next, we condition ourselves. So in game time preparation. So preparing, uh, you know, we talk about game time. This is every day. So what are we doing each morning when we wake up? You know what I mean? We connect with the right people. You know, there's a certain group of people I talk to every day. Uh, so we're joining the team. Secondly, we're conditioning ourselves. Um, and so I think a a good chunk of conditioning ourselves is spending some time with the Lord. Um, cause whenever we're spending time with the Lord, when we're connecting, um, you know, when we're doing our devotionals, when we're spending time mm-hmm. in prayer, um, as we are doing all of those things to spend time with Christ, we're becoming more Christ-like. Therefore, um, we're, we're able to handle the things that are going to come at us each day considerably better than we would if we were just trying to do it by our own you know, our own strength, our own mind, our own wisdom, our own whatever, you know. Um, And so we condition ourselves. And so in that kind of finding freedom from the temptation of constantly being offended, you know, and then the next one is knowing the game plan. And in knowing the game plan, you know, I think about it like this. When we talk about knowing the game plan, for me, it's knowing what the Lord wants to accomplish through me today. And if I'm constantly knowing what the Lord wants to accomplish through me today, I'm I'm so fixed on the game plan. I'm not getting sidetracked with the offense. Mm. So pe- like people are going to come at you sideways again. They're, they're coming. Crazy people are part of our life every day. If I'm constantly keeping my mind on the game plan, what is the game plan? The game plan is whatever God has destined you to do today. So on a Sunday, for me, it may be preach, but there's there's 500 people in our church that it's not preaching on Sunday. You know what I mean? Right. For them, God has a destiny and a purpose. Maybe it's greeting at a door at our church. Maybe it's maybe they're going to work after church, and God's going to use them there. If they're fixed and they're concentrated with their mind on what God wants to do with them, wherever they're going to be in that day, then they're not so much worried about the offense that's going to be coming out of left field. I think of that like um, if you watch horse races— Right. Horses that race, they wear blinders, you know, and it's it's they're running their race. They don't see you know, they don't see what's on this side of them or what's on this side of them. They're blind to that and they're running their race. It's kind of like, you know, keep your eye on the prize. I believe there's you could you could put some scripture. You know, I was thinking as you were saying that um, about knowing what you're doing. Right. Uh, Have you found, though, that if you know what you're doing. But sometimes you're not doing the right thing. You don't seem to deal with the problems like you deal with when you are doing the right thing. And that sometimes when you've lost focus of where you're supposed to be going, that the confirmation of the offense, the crazy, the, all the problems coming at you, they seem to be different. Have you found that to be true in your life? Yeah, I think, I, I, number one, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I think we all need to understand the difference between good things and right things. There's there's a million good things you can do today, but there's a few right things you have to do. Right. Um, and when we're good things stress us out, right things bring us peace. And so when we're doing, we can be doing a million good things, but those none of those may be the things that God wanted us to do today. Right. You know what I mean? The right things for me to do is to lead this church, lead this staff, love my wife, love my son, and lead our house. That's the right things. 
I can add a million other things on top of that that take me away from those. Therefore, I'm getting stressed out. Therefore, my day is going into chaos. And therefore, when someone does say something offensive to me, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Now I'm snapping on them. I'm getting offended. Well, one of the biggest reasons, that's what you're talking about. One of the biggest reasons I'm getting offended isn't have doesn't have anything to do with the person saying it or what they're saying. It has to do with all this other stress in my life right. that's, that's bogging me down. And then they say something that's halfway offensive and it, it causes huge offense in me. Yeah. Not because of them, not because of what they said, because of all the other things I've allowed in my life to stress me out. Right. You Which kind of goes back to what you were saying, J.O., with the horse and the blind. Not so much that you're blind to everything else, it's that you know what you're called to do. Right. You know what your purpose to do. And if that's your focus, everything else should be on the back burner. Right. Like you know what's there. Yes. But it allows you not to focus on it. Those and blinders. not that you won't deal with some of that and get involved, but when you if it's taking away from your purpose, then it's only going to make you easily offended or very offensive yeah oh uh, yeah because because yeah. you know hurt people hurt people that's it you know so once i become offended then i become offensive you know what i mean and now we're in this vicious cycle of of offending and being offensive and and all of those things um which is huge and i think we're already hitting on what the second the last one is which is focusing on the win you know what i mean because knowing the game plan when you know the game plan you're focused on your purpose but fulfilling your purpose gets you to your win, your victory, right? right? So then we're we're knowing the game plan and then focusing on the victory, which those two work in tandem. When you do well knowing the game plan, then you can obviously do well focusing on on the win or the victory uh, over over the offense, which comes from making sure that you're doing the right things, not just the good things, uh, and, and and all of that. So I think that's that's huge, you know. Um, and so, yeah, Proverbs nineteen eleven, one of the scriptures we use on Sunday, which I think is just huge. And I've kind of, I've tried to adopt it. So one of my big struggles, most people don't know this other than the ones that have heard me talk about it. One of my big struggles that I dealt with growing up is like anger. I would even say rage. It's, and it's almost like a switch would go off um, when I was younger. Like when I, yeah. <laughs> Hands going up. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, man, anger could just snatch me up so quick. And when it does, literally like it's be, like I become a different person. Um, and so man, Proverbs 19, 11 has kind of been one of those big things for me. Um, good sense makes one slow to anger, uh, and it's his glory to overlook an offense. Um, and so, uh, you know, when I first, when I gave my life to the Lord, you know, I would say right around 16 to 17 years old in that era, um, man, that was one of the things the Lord had to deal with me the most because man, like just so quick to just snap on people, um, which is one of the reasons why I live my life at a much slower pace now, because when I am running frantic, I make terrible decisions in regards to letting like my anger control me or something like that. Um, but also then secondly, uh, when I'm moving at a slower pace, I can control the tempo. Like I can feel the things in my life. Like if I'm starting to get angry, I can feel that welling up inside of me and I can, you know, like push that back down you know, say a prayer, whatever, whatever I need to do in that moment. Yeah. And sometimes I got to turn on like worship music and, like, and, you know, take, do the pause. Like yeah. I talked about the other day, you know, have some church. Yeah. For <laughs> real. Like have a moment. Yeah. You know, um, cause Hey, like noteworthy moment right here on the podcast, pastors get mad too, you know? So, uh, well, other than Al, but every all the rest of us, like, I find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause let me tell you the devil is in people's vehicles when they on the road. Yes, oh. they are. Like that gets me more than anything. Brad, you were laughing at me the other day. We were in the car. I think it's hilarious. I love riding with Jo because he gets angry I, every single time I we drive to, somewhere. It, 
whatever candidate that runs for president next that has part of their platform making people retest every five years to keep their license, that's getting my vote. Like, it's unreal what's happening in the world today on the roads. I just preach to them. Yeah. Or about them. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> like... A lot of shouting. Yeah, so that's my that's my that's what's Those my trigger. Are the condemnation sermons. That's my yes. that, <laughs> that's my that, trigger. That is an offensive sermon. I can yeah, promise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it uh, that's huge, man. And so I think it's just being you know going back to that the conversation about self awareness. You know, is huge. So <laughs> let's move to uh, point number two because what I want to do. Well, never mind. We'll we'll get to that. Um, let's get to point number two. Yeah. Um, the first one was prepare for the game. Next is know the key players. Yep, know the key players, and uh, this kind of goes back to what we were kind of hitting on a little bit earlier, um, talking about the team. So you need to know who the key players are um, in your life in regards to number one, those that build you up, and also knowing those like there are people. Uh, in our church right now who I genuinely don't think they mean it but they are constantly offensive to me like mm. and I think they're actually trying to say something nice you know what I mean for example let me I'll give you one give us a real example uh, really, if they're listening they uh, know to tighten up right if you walk up to me afterwards after I get done preaching two services <laughs> and you go that was that wasn't bad you know your dad would have done a lot better but you're doing all right oh like that's oh thank you so much yeah. for that word of encouragement you know what yeah. i mean like keep it up you'll be a good preacher one day yeah, yeah. Just all, just, you know, <laughs> you know, nice that, try son all that yeah all that stuff i'm just like ah gee thank and now we don't get it a lot i you know i don't i don't hear that often well there, there's a couple people that it's just this constant thing of like you know uh you'll never be your dad but we appreciate you trying you know and it's just like ah oh, thanks so much yeah, you know just so encouraging <laughs> yeah absolutely not not offended whatsoever you know so it's a uh, um, but you, you know what, man, God has called me to love and pastor those people because okay, they're here, you know, so I can get upset every single Sunday because they're going <laughs> to come say something every single Sunday, or I can recognize that they're a key player in my offense. Cause here's the thing, what they're saying isn't their problem. It's mine. It's my offense. In other words, they may not offend anyone else the rest of the week. And it may just be something they have with me, but they genuinely may not be trying to offend me. I don't think that they are. Um, because I think that number one, I think they think they're funny. Um, and then number two, I think that they actually mean well in their heart. They're trying to compliment me by saying good job while also honoring my dad by saying he's really great too. Yeah. So that brings a question. Is it possible that the enemy uses that knowing that offends you? Maybe it's not as offensive as you think it is because the enemy will use that as we're in a transition of your, you, you taking the church over as lead pastor from your father and, you know, legacy and maybe even something to live up to in a sense that the enemy will use those words against you. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what, and that's what yeah, you're that's saying. What I'm, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like this is, so this is a key player in an offense that happens once a week. Like it happens every week. So I have to know who this person is and know what, you know, like they have a tendency to do this often. So they're saying the same thing constantly. Um, and they do it once a week. So this is a key player. Again, they don't, I'm not saying that they need to change. Right? right, because we're talking about we're talking about with dealing with offense, not dealing with offenders. So, in other words, I have the problem here. I'm being offended by something that they're saying when honestly it's not their intent. So, at some point, do we have a conversation? Maybe, but knowing the key player ahead of time, so knowing brother so and so and sister so and so are going to say this Sunday coming up, I'm going to preach, and afterwards they're going to come say something that I can either <laughs> be prepared for them to say something offensive. Or I cannot be prepared, and when they do, it throws me off track. Yeah. 
to just know who the key player is. Like they're gonna, it, they're gonna say something, you know. And we have people we work with that are exact same way, you know. You know, so. it makes me think about it's a conversation that Steve and I had coming down here because we were, I was sharing with him the points of your message about key players, and in that instance, for example, we, we he and I both played basketball and. I was very defensive. I mean, that was my my game was defense. I, I loved playing defense. So and so, when you played certain players, I didn't have to play as hard because I knew how to get in their head and aggravate them and understand their moves. And if you can understand their move before they even make the move, and you can react to it before they even do it, you can frustrate them and ultimately frustrate that attack. Even though it may not be intended like an attack, right. you can frustrate the enemy's attack because you've already counteracted his move before he did it because you've learned to recognize him. Yeah, that's huge. That's, that's good. That, that's good. As a matter of fact, I, it's so funny you said that. A couple weeks ago, the guy, the one that offends me, like every, every you know, um, and at this point it's almost kind of a joke. You know what I mean? Like once it happens over and over, you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, here we go. And he walked up to me the other day, a um, couple of Sundays ago, uh, and he, he went, he reached out his hand like he always does. And he went to say something. And I said, I know, I know I'm going to try harder next week. You know, like trying to get ahead of it. Like, here we go. You know what I mean? Like, great. like just get, get ahead of the offense before it gets there. Um, and deal with it without it, without it, like penetrating. Like hard, one you know? day when you grow up, you know, you might, you know, <laughs> yeah, right, right. that's how yeah. I look at it. I want to be like you when I grow up. So, yeah. So no, no, I, I think that's huge, you know? So, um, yeah, and then one one of the notes that we added when we were talking about knowing the key players is recognizing that it, you know the phrase we talked about Sunday the enemy of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Uh, and we kind of talked about how um, when you, you'll see if the person that is offending me, I have to recognize that they're a brother or a sister. You know, they're 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 part of the family that God has brought us all into, um, and if they're being offensive. Even if they're being offensive and they know they're being offensive, we have to recognize that they're they're not my problem. My enemy is my problem. Right. And my enemy is also their enemy. And so the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So the person that's offending me is actually my friend. They're my brother. They're my sister. We have a common enemy that we need to be focused on. And so many times in churches, man, we get so wrapped up in trying to deal with the person that's offending us. We're not dealing with the power that's causing the offense, which mm -hmm. is the enemy. You know, um, and so just being focused on the fact that the, even the people that are offending us, they're brothers and sisters. That doesn't mean that, you know, they're just going to stop. It doesn't mean that we just overlook everything um, and let people get away with whatever. But we just need to be aware of that. Yeah. You know, because they, they are brothers. They are You know, sisters. it's not just in the church. It's in the kingdom, <sighs> if you think about it. I mean, because obviously, you know, I know you probably only have like two people that ever offend you in your church. Um, yeah, it's the same two. Over uh, no, I'm just kidding. I have the same. <laughs> I, I think they're kin to some folks that go to mine. Um, but I, I find myself, hey, I'm offensive at times as well. But the whole idea is in the kingdom will do that. We focus so much on what our differences are. And we fight about our differences. You see this denominationally, or oh, yeah. whether you're non-denominational, denomination, whatever. You're, you right. you have a belief structure, and so we'll we'll find this one little nuance. Maybe we view it a little different. So now we can't be connected. We can't do ministry together. And Jesus is just scratching his head, going, "You dummies! Yeah, y'all ain't gonna figure you this out. You have me. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. You know, let's focus on that. Like you said, my enemy is their enemy. Right. And, instead of making each other our enemies, what would happen in the kingdom? 
if we would just focus on Jesus and not the little differences we have. Yeah, I, I was, you know, again, a basketball reference, and Justin probably gets tired of them, but um, it's playoff time right now. And uh, so my Warriors. Did went, LeBron lose? No, don't. I saw a meme. I don't want to talk about I, LeBron I saw James something. Right? Yeah, that's like offensive. That's <laughs> very offensive. Um, I just saw something on Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> no, we, uh, uh, the Warriors were up 2-0, and then they lost a game. Um, and I was really hoping they were going to sweep New Orleans, but whatever. So, um, and when they lost the game, Draymond Green, one of the one of the starters on the team called out the two main players on the team, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. And he was like, I need more out of my guys. And I'm sure to Steph and KD, that was borderline offensive. Like, I mean, this dude called us out on like national news. Like he you know, like he didn't come into the locker room and say it, or maybe he did, but he he put it out in front of everybody, um, which was offensive while at the same time, um, it kind of it motivated yes. them to see like oh okay like we, we all right we're gonna do this together it created the unity that we're talking about like you know and and so i think that sometimes we just have to recognize man like like that we can come together um sometimes somebody saying something does trigger that thing where you're like oh yeah like i can fix that i do need to fix that we do need to talk about that you know whatever the case may be did so. lebron weigh in on this situation at all i'm done with you right now <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. And so then we get into, um, number three, part three. What do you got, Justin? Look for common plays. Yeah. So look for, look for common plays. And again, I think this kind of works in tandem with the key players thing. And so you have certain people who are constantly offensive and then you have certain things in your life that are constantly offensive. Like the enemy knows your buttons. And in this particular case, I had I told a story about my wife. Which it is so funny to me because so usually when I'm preaching, um, I'm going to end up talking about food at some point because I love food. I feel you. I just, man, I'm a, like, I just love food. P Dub's texting me right now. Shout out to to Patrick Waters. He's like, yeah, where are we going to lunch? Anyway, so, (laughs) um, so yeah, uh, I, I love food. And so I told a story and it's so funny. Because now some people in our church literally wait till I'm done preaching before they decide where they're going to eat because they decide based on what I talk about. So, so there were people tagging me left Talk and about right. impacting your community. <laughs> I mean, it's all about economy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're doing our part. Yeah. Capitalism again. Hey. You can you can uh, get a sponsorship by sending an email. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> uh, so, we, uh, so Sunday I was talking about Whataburger, the, the apple pie thing. Oh, yeah. I saw some people posting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like People were going nuts over this thing, going to Whataburger after I got done preaching and all this other stuff and after church. But um, I, and the long and short of the story is we're talking about how my wife knows me better than anyone else. And if you want the whole story on Whataburger, I'm not going to tell it again. But my wife like knows me so well, she knows what I order before I order it. That's the long and short of it. And when I order stuff I'm not supposed to order, she somehow magically knows that too. She's like, you know, so um, I was like, dang, she's good. But all that to say, because my wife knows me so well, she also knows what buttons to push in the event we were to ever get into an argument. She can jab me harder in my most vulnerable place more, better than anyone else can. And I think all, anyone, anyone we let close enough to us has that power because no one can stab you in the back that's not close enough to hug your neck, right? So the people that are the closest to us are the only ones that can actually hurt us the worst. That's, that's good. So we, are, we constantly have to be looking for common plays from the people who are the closest to us because the people who are the closest to us are the ones can actually can hurt us the worst right um you know not always that it it's their intent or whatever the case may be but uh certainly it certainly can happen you know 
So, you know, it's interesting about that. I, when I think about offense, because I love to point out everybody else's problems. Um, I'm really good at that. Huh. But uh, I don't know why that is. is that, was odd, that your huh? thesis? Uh, yes, that's how PhD? I got my doctorate. I like to make people mad. And, and I said it that way. So real, you know, grammatically correct and all. Um, but I, I think about the fact that, you know, not only do those people, we got to watch for the common plays from them. Don't we need to watch the common plays from ourselves? Because I, I find that when I've lost it, like we were talking about, when mm-hmm. everything gets in our way, I find that it's the people that I'm closest to that I'm not always the nicest to. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I, I've let my guard down. And that's something that I have to a, a big struggle with because I can be offensive to them when I don't need to be. Right. You know, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, Al, you can attest to this just as well as any of us can. And, and you've been doing this a while too in regards to pastoring and leading at churches. You know, I work really, really hard to check myself at the door when I get home. Matter of fact, I, yes. I we talk about the pause a lot. I, I talk about the pause a lot. Um, and the pause for me, I take five to 10 minutes on my way home every single day. I pull into the exact same spot, which is a parking lot. I don't tell anyone where it's at because I don't want other people to like, you know, I want people honking at me when they drive past me. So I, I literally pull off. I'm all by myself. And I usually sit in silence for five to 10 minutes and, and I decompress from the whole day. And that's my way to think through a few things so that when I get to my couch, I'm not thinking through them. Because my wife needs my time then. I don't need to be thinking about church stuff when I get there. But just like most pastors, it's hard to just turn that switch off. Very. So I create a moment where I can think through a few things so that when I get there, I'm not thinking through them then, you know? Um, and so I do that pause. Um, I do that pause a lot, you know? But because it's hard for me to do that, going back to what we were talking about earlier, because it's hard for me to do that, if I walk in the door and I'm carrying the stresses of the day, my my wife, my our spouses and our children feel the offense Definitely. more than anyone else. Yes. You know, so, and you don't have to be pastoring a church. We, all, all, all of us in here are pastors. So that's our, that's our common denominator. But maybe you're a truck driver. Maybe you're a school teacher. Um, you bring that stress into your house and you're going to offend your spouse or your children or whoever, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And so we have to be aware of that going in, kind of going back to what That's you're talking good. about. That's good. So um, Proverbs twelve sixteen, fools have short fuses and explode all too quickly. The prudent quietly shrug off insults. Ayo. Man, I don't want to be a fool. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, so uh, huge, man. Huge. 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 <laughs> Speaking of Whataburger, um, you know. Yeah, right. That's, huge. that's my problem. I uh, like it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then uh, number four, what do you got, Justin? Don't play the game. Don't play the game. And so all the points up until up until this one have been how we should play the game properly. But I think at the end of the day, what we need to recognize is not how to overcome uh, it's not how to win the game of offense, but actually how to never let ourselves get wrapped up into playing it. Now, I don't think any of us are, none of us hit this every time. The goal, however, is that every time an offense comes at us, that we don't even become part of the game. We literally, like, by the grace of God and through being connected to Jesus and the Holy Spirit working through our lives, are able to kind of block off those darts as they come at us. That's the end goal. You know, do we make it every time? No, which is why we need the other points. Yes. But at the end of the day, um, our goal, our hope is that we just don't play the game at all. You know, don't get offended. And it's like, man, how, how do you how do you do that? You know, like, 
Um, I just but, hear SpongeBob in my ear going, "Good luck with that." Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, and and it's so funny, man, because the your offenses come easier the more you add to your life, right? For example, someone walks up to me and says something crazy, outlandish. It's like, yeah, okay, like go away, you know. Um, someone walks up to me and says something crazy, outlandish about which this doesn't happen, but if they did, about my wife or my son. It's like, okay, now we're now this is a different conversation. <laughs> you have my attention. Yeah, right. <laughs> like now uh now we can get offended. Like I can get offended easily. You know what I mean? Um, especially being in like, for example, in my in my context, my son has special needs. Um I feel you. Yeah. And that's right. Yeah, daughter, right? Yes. Your daughter so man, like things thing like you can go from happiest day in the world to offended very quickly very quickly. by strictly about based on people's ignorance mm-hmm. not even their intention just their lack of knowledge about our situation and our context um think people can say something people can do something and automatically like we're there you know because our kids are our kids like you know what i mean like so um so that i well, even navigating that is difficult i'm sure you've experienced the same thing only only a million times a million times <laughs> right Right. Um, and so choosing to not live in a state of offense. I'm, I, I think I get this from my mom more than anyone else. So my mom, super chill. Like it, the the roof could fall in and she'd be sitting in the living room like, man, somebody should really fix this roof. You know, like not stressed <laughs> out or anything. Just like, huh, this is real crazy. You know, like where are we eating lunch at? Literally, that's like, that's wow. how my mom, you know, um, whereas my dad is a lot more high strong like go go you know J- justin knows you know what i mean just from working with him in the office like he's his mind never stops he's always going so that thing is constant so um i get i'm i'm a little more like my mom in regards to how i approach things just because i make myself be that way because i know how i am you know what i mean like i i what what is your personality type? are you high strong are you kind of like calm i'm like perfect that sounds yeah absolutely no i'm not because last time someone was perfect they crucified him um (laughs) so no i'm very outgoing okay and uh i don't like sitting around have you ever done a disc personality profile that's none of your business that's kind of a personal (laughs) question i mean uh yeah i have do Uh, do you remember what yours is i think it's the d what's the d yeah the dominant yeah Yeah, that's i'm a di yeah i'm a di a drill instructor yeah Yeah. nice (laughs) i I got it no i'm very much a uh a dominant personality i'm a strong leader and i know that that doesn't mean i'm great at it it just means i'm strong at right, it. right right i'm i'm pretty much an outgoing kind of guy now in new situations i chill for a minute but yeah i'm i'm ready to go um i can't i can't stand seeing a problem and not addressing it you gotcha. know, that's, that's me i would say i would say you have a heavy you're heavy on the eye i would say you're probably an id That'd be my. Are you saying that like your eyes feel heavy because they have to look at me? No, that's kind no, of offensive. No, your your personality. No, your right. your I would say I and then D second. That would yeah. be my guess. No, knowing you, that's a good thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I absolutely. don't know why you're just staring. I just I, the heavy eye thing. I was. Yeah. I thought you were oh, flirting. Oh, that's okay. what it was. Oh, you'll know. I was trying. Yeah. To, there will be no question. Oh, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, as we're wrapping up the four points, um, I. I just have a question. Do we think that in our in our society today, surely in the church, does it seem like everyone's offended at everything? Yes. Y- yeah. I'm so sick of everyone getting offended at stuff. You like, know what my thoughts are, if I may? Please. Is, is, you know what the most offensive thing in my life is? Is reading the Bible. 
Because if you really stop and think about it, and now I love the Bible, don't get me wrong, right. and I, I read it daily, and I, sure. I try my best to live by it, but I mean, I find it offensive because, you know, when it says if someone slaps you in the face, give them the other cheek, I'm like, I'm knocking them out. Right, you know, right, right. I, that's that's a challenge for me, and that's a, it's a funny way to say it, but it really is. It can offend you, and it should challenge you. And I think because a lot of times in churches, not all churches, obviously, we've gotten away from really being real. And that's why I like your topic, real talk. When you get away from being real, then everybody is very hypersensitive and offense. But if you're really honest and real, I think that's that's where you grow. And so, yeah, I think that's part of the problem is we, we don't allow the word in our life many times, which... It will offend you. I mean, it encourages you and it brings life, but it will offend you. No, sure. I mean, anything that points out constantly telling you you need to change this about yourself. Right. Like, you know, and well, like, and you know, like really not to be saved, but because you are. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. And it's 100%. like it's like we're at a place where people take their offense and then project that that offends them onto others. And even when they tie it to uh, like really religious people, which goes to my story, I told you I wanted to tell this story of uh, someone we, the three of us know, I'm not going to name names just to put them out there. Uh, we'll call we, him J.O. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know, we know this person and she, um, she was working at the, uh, the, the front desk of a church. You know, she was kind of the, the church office manager or whatever. And a guy comes in is a church member at that church. Um, great guy, just, Kind of religious, you know, kind of one of those religious type people that, um, and and now this this person, huh. the the the, the Never woman, met any of them. Yeah, yeah. the the lady, uh, she's she's um, you know, she's got piercings, she has tattoos uh, that are visible on forearms and things like that. You know, real cool, real cool person. And the guy's in there talking to her, and he's like, you know, you should really like remove those piercings and stuff because you're the face of the church when people walk in the church office. And she's like, well, what do you? She was baiting him at this point, which I love because if you know her, you, you know. But she's like, "Oh, what? What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, you know, you should remove those piercings. It's it's offensive." She's like, "Oh, okay. Um, take your pants off." And he just didn't know what to say, <laughs> and and he's like, "Excuse me." She's like, "Yeah, yeah. Take your pants off." And he's like, "What is? What are you talking?" He didn't know what to do, and she said, "Well, you're wearing corduroy, and that offends me." So you're asking me to remove my piercings because it offends you. I'm really offended by corduroy pants, so please remove them. And he's like, well, that's insane. She's like, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I agree. Like, And his the getting at he may have been offended, but he was projecting that and then started talking about church and, like, he was relating it to she's a representation of all Christians to when someone walks in, which – you know, we're all representations of Christians and the faith and all that. Um, but, you know, I'm not offended by piercings, but he was implying that I would be offended yeah, or you would be offended or yeah. you would be offended. And it's like the implication there is like, I think that's like, you don't have to like, why, why did he have to point it out? Like yeah. to me, his, his offense, I think is crazy. And we see it on the news, um, you know, with where we're at with society. Everybody's just offended about everything. Everybody. I'm like, well, here's on. the thing. because People believe that their reality is truth. And it, like, that's not. It's not the case. Like it can be your reality, but it doesn't have to be my truth. Exactly. Right now, I think the Bible speaks specifically to certain things, and you can you can't dance around that. No right. matter no, what. No, I'm not saying but that. But when we when you try to project project your cultural preference, 
onto me. Like that's your reality, but that doesn't have to be my truth. It's like, like it's right. like churches where the suit and tie is the norm, and you walk right, in and, would, yeah. and just an untucked polo shirt. You know, right? Out, You're probably out. going to hell for that. Yeah, people you know? are offended, I mean, but it's like, just well, and there you, are some people that literally believe that, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, hundred percent. It's if you don't wear this, then you're, yeah. you know, and they're offended by it. I'm offended by the fact that you're telling me I have to look a certain way. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how my, my right, right. approach would be back to it. But it all comes. I think you're right. Uh, well, no, I know you're right. Perception is reality, but it's, right. it's not, not true. Truth. Yeah. You know, and, and you and the only way you can change someone's reality is with truth. And I, I guarantee she got him thinking. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and, and, I, and I know the situation you're talking about as well. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's more to it. But, um, you know, I think we're so focused on offense because we're so focused on selfishness and mm-hmm. selfishness is not really what the kingdom is about in the first place. Right. Sure. And sure. I think if we quit thinking about how it affects me and start thinking about what God thinks about it, it changes the game and the whole you know, instance. It, it kind of goes back to a phrase from last week, you know, like I am my brother's keeper. Yeah, in a sense, uh, yeah, being aware of who your brothers and sisters are, and right. it's not about you know, it's not about me. It's about it's about everyone else or what right. I can do to serve and you know represent Christ in my life and, and that type of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think at the at the end of the day, you know, <clears throat> going back to kind of what you're talking about in regards to the truth, like my truth and and all those other things too, is is recognizing that you know people. People are going to be in a constant state of trying to, when they're when they're projecting it, it's based on how they see um, their connection to wherever they're at. What what I mean by that is this: um, the people who constantly are offending me, and the people who are constantly trying to project their perception of what the cultural norm is onto me, um, those people don't last too. Either either they learn very quickly that what they have in their heart needs to change, or they just don't last long. I don't celebrate people leaving our church. No. But I celebrate when people find the vision that they can follow. Right. And sometimes that's not ours. So when people come in and they're like, well, you really need to change this, this, and this, sometimes I'm going, that's not going to change. Right. So you you probably want to find somewhere that matches what you're looking for here. Uh, and, and when I say here, in this area, not in this house, but... Um, you know, in other words, this to you, this is very important to us. It's not. So if that's the hill you want to die on, then you're probably going to want to find a group of people that support that idea because it's not here. Um, and so for us, I think that's why it's so important for us, you know, and and even kind of going back to the, what we talked about earlier in reference to knowing the game plan. I think it's important to know the game plan for your family, know the game plan for your church, know the game plan for your vision. That way, when things like that pop up, it's like, well, that's not part of our game plan. So, like, in other words, we're going to embrace people who have tattoos coming down to their hands and well, who have piercings everywhere. That That's part of our game plan is to reach those people. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you, Mrs. Smith or Mr. Smith, don't want to see that anywhere, then you're not going to do well here because <laughs> those are the people we're going after, which inevitably means those are the people we're going to disciple which inevitably means five, seven, ten years from now, or maybe less, are going to be the people in some format of leadership. Who who you reach becomes the leaders of the next generation. So if we're reaching those people today, they're going to be leading tomorrow. So if you can't get on board now, then you're not going to get on board 
you, you probably aren't going to like where this is going. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and I think that it's important to know the game plan. So for us, that's knowing the game plan for our organization, our church. Um, you're going to want to know what, you know, Justin, you and I have had plenty of conversations about, um, you know, different people and in, in different areas of our own personal lives about not allowing ourselves to become insubordinate. You know what I mean? Like buy into the vision. If that's what you're, if that's what you're attaching yourself to buy into the vision, if it's not, then you need to make the call to change that for yourself, but you just can't be the person sitting around, you know, offending everyone around you. Like you have to do something about and, that. And I think a lot of times it's, it's, it's having conversations or thoughts that get ahead of the game. Like for example, me last week, me and Brad were talking about, um, setting a standard within our teams and our church, right? On, on the, the, the standard of what it means to be a coach, which is what we call our team leaders, right? That's the standard that it's well aware when someone takes that role on what the standard is that way, when maybe they're not living up to it, they're not offended when they're pastored, you know, and we have to have a conversation say, Hey, you, you, this is the, this is the qualifications. This is the standard for that, for that role. And maybe you're not leading, you're not, you're not living up to that. And we need to have a conversation or maybe someone has to be stepped down or whatever those hard conversations as pastors you have to have. But to me, what that does is it allows them not to be mad at us. It's mad at the standard that we, that, that is set. You know, you, you, you apply everything to that. Like this is not only is this a standard, it's what you agreed to. It's not us imposing it on you. This is what you agreed to. Sure. Um, and that way they don't, because the enemy will have them be offended at us now because, well, they don't, there's they freedom don't like me. That's, oh yeah. There's come a ton on. of freedom and because you're being honest. Yeah. Which means you're telling the truth. And, and isn't that what Jesus said? The truth does yeah. set you free. Set yeah. you free. hundred percent. So let's wrap it up with a quote by Julie Meyer. Um, who I, I thought this was awesome. She said, a spirit of offense will never let you go. You have to let it go. In other words, like if you're sitting here waiting to not be offended, that's never going to happen. You have to choose to let your offenses go. So, man, I just think that's huge. Um, and so, guys, as believers, we overcome our offenses. Why? Because if we're constantly aggravated, mad, angry, and we lack joy, um, we're never going to impact the world around us, which is ultimately our goal is to take the gospel to the world that needs it and then make disciples. And you're not going to do either one of those things if you're constantly bitter. And so we need to get past whatever it is that is in our life that offends us. That's and, right. Uh, so, man, awesome, awesome. Hey, Pastor Al, thank you so much for being with us, man. We're so honored to have you man, I appreciate uh, on the, the podcast. Uh, and, and see how Had great to have you too, man. So thanks for coming in and uh, awesome time. It was awesome. Yeah, thank y'all. Tell them where they can find us, J.O. Man, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore. Brad, same place, at Brad Livingston underscore. Uh, Al, are you on any of those things? You can't find me. I'm like the Easter egg that never gets <laughs> oh, found. So you're irrelevant? Is yes, that what you're saying culturally? Completely. Okay, just yeah. just asking. <laughs> How offensive! I'm not. I'm really that? not offended by that because uh, it's the truth. No, yeah, no, you're on. No. You're on Facebook or yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, Albathay. I'm on Twitter at Doctor Albathay. Oh, he had I'm on Instagram and I don't know what my name is there. So you know. Okay. Yeah, you can find him. Um, and then if you want to learn more about um our church, we're at um. Facebook and Instagram at Transformation Pensacola. It will mean a lot to us if you uh, enjoy the podcast, if you subscribe and uh, maybe share it on your social media. It's uh, it would mean a lot to us for the, to do that. And if you have questions or comments, you could tweet us or you can send an email to follow up at transformationchurch.com. You got it. Hey guys, thank you so much. We'll catch y'all next week. See ya.